The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Do you love Elon Musk? Do you hate Elon Musk? Do you have no idea what to think about Elon Musk? Then we have just the show for you. He's become even more larger than life. Buying Twitter doesn't get us closer to Mars. They are like really close to the edge of like everything falling apart. Like, oh, Elon, I volunteer, put a chip in my brain. Each week on this podcast, we'll break down, analyze and debate the most important stories on Musk and his empire. It's all one big universe. You just work for Elon Inc. From Bloomberg Businessweek, this is Elon Inc. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, joining us live is Perry Link, a professor, UC Riverside Distinguished Professor in China Expert. Thank you so much, Professor, for joining us. Uh, this is an extraordinary series of events now over the past few days, given she's expanding command of the country, isn't it? Yes, I wouldn't have predicted it. It is extraordinary. So now, what what does it mean going further? I mean, does it, you know, she does it does it put further clamps clamps down, or does it possibly exponentially show command moving to Taiwan policy? What what are the ripples from this? Uh, Chinese society is repressed, and the kind of uh, frustrations and complaints that ordinary people feel are kept under wraps. When something like this happens, the effect is to let everyone who hears about it vicariously express complaints that have been underneath for a long time. That's why it's dangerous to Mr. Xi, and that's why it spreads so quickly across China. So, and what I can't say what Mr. Xi will do except to say for sure that he will crack down. Uh, in 1989, when the last time that the central government was confronted by something like this, they exercised a deliberately conspicuous massacre whose aim was not just to kill some people, but to show the whole country that we can. That is the kind of bottom line measure that people in China know is available and so, is used to intimidate and could still... There will how, be how secure, uh, uh, Professor. How secure is he in his power structure? I mean, he seems to have firm, firm grip. Is is he secure there? He's very secure on the surface, but inside, no. In that system, uh, you always look to your superior to see whether you're going to be promoted or rewarded. Except at the very top, where there is no superior, and therefore the rivals at the top who could vie for the superior position are eyeing one another. This is not just contemporarily, this is uh, for decades, the communist system in China has been this way. And it's that way for Xi Jinping. So he needs to be aware that if he does a mistake, quote unquote, that's the technical term for it in the communist jargon, that he could be attacked for it. And if handling COVID turns out to be a mistake, then it might be that his regime falls, not that the regime as a whole falls, but that his rule of it falls. So inside, he always feels that kind of insecurity. And when these street demonstrations pop up, it only exacerbates them. 
Yeah. Now, now these, and of course, these are large. Does it, does it reflect uh, reflect on how he moves forward on on COVID zero? It seemed that he was loosening a bit. So this is this is I, I understand the the the, knee, the the protesters wanting to protest what happened with the fire, but does this risk being counterproductive? Does what risk being counterproductive? The the, may he may he clamp down further? May he go, you know, COVID zero and and really not not relax what he looked like he was going to do? No, what I meant when I said he's sure to clamp down is not that he will make the policy any stricter because it's already at zero. He yeah. can't really tighten that, but he can send the plainclothes police out to find who was at these demonstrations, invite them for a chat, they call it inviting to tea, advise them that they shouldn't do this or they might be in trouble, threaten them if they don't listen. Uh, Do you really want to keep your job? Do you really want your children to be able to go to the local school? This kind of thing. That kind of on the ground granular repression is sure to happen. I'm 100% sure that that's happening right now. Whether or not it will change the policy, I'm not sure. The policy is already at zero. Right, got it. Okay, Professor, thank you. We are out of time. I really appreciate your time, though. Uh, Professor Perry Link, Distinguished Professor at University of California. Osage County, Oklahoma, is getting a lot of attention right now. It's the setting of Martin Scorsese's latest film, Killers of the Flower Moon. The movie is based on a book about the 1920s Osage murders, when white men poured into Osage County and killed Osage people for their oil wealth. I'm Rachel Adams Hurd, the host of In Trust, a podcast from Bloomberg and iHeartMedia. For over a year, I was reporting a different story about other ways white people got Osage land and wealth and how a prominent ranching family in Osage County became one of the biggest landowners here. Their ranching empire was built on land that at the turn of the century was all owned by the Osage Nation. So how'd they get it? Listen to the award-winning podcast, In Trust, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.